0: I'm starting a minute early, that's right. I'm cutting off Kamala Harris, which means I'm gonna get a very condescending look, an evil cackle, and some sort of very smug comment about cutting her off. Nobody cuts off Kamala Harris. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Ugh. All right, I watched. Did you watch? Uh, Pretty much my predictions from this morning all came true uh what i said was basically that mike pence just has to make sure he doesn't fall out of his seat and he was going to win so uh that's all he did and and in effect he won um kamala harris oh wait a minute before i go too deep i'm doing this with whiskey i hope you're doing it with a drink of choice i do have the stormtrooper ice cube once again people were really into the stormtrooper ice cube i can't really explain it's a mold like people were saying how do you make a stormtrooper ice cube. It's hard to explain how it actually works. It's kind of rubber and it's sort of like, you gotta like push it out with your thumb. It's a, it's a real situation. But anyway, uh, here, take a drink with me because God knows if you watch that thing, you deserve it, my God. It's a little Johnny Walker black label, by the way. People are asking what kind of whiskey I was drinking. Um, all right, so I'm gonna try to plow through that thing. We'll do about a half hour here. Then I'm jumping on with the fine folks at the blaze in a little bit. Um, But my predictions this morning basically were were right and and not that surprising. Pence just had to not fall out of his chair. He just had to seem uh, presidential, vice presidential. He had to basically know what he's talking about. He basically had to show that if something happened, that he could steer the ship. And that for anyone that is nervous about Trump's temperament or The way he tweets, or coronavirus, or the fact that he's 74 and overweight and whatever—that if Pence had to be president, in effect, he could do it. I think it's fairly obvious that he can. Um, I'll get to the issues in a minute. I'm going to do the broad stuff first, so it's it's pretty obvious that he can, right? Um, Of course, the entire debate probably was sidetracked by the minute and a half where a fly was on his hair towards the end. I'm sure many of you saw that, and for after about a minute, it started to. Appearing to be a dead fly, uh, but it actually was a living fly, and it did fly off his head. Which you know, and I say this with all due respect, you know, Pence, he's got obviously got a lot of spray in that hair. I mean, it's not the most exciting haircut. It's it's right. It's a very it's a very you know, I'm Mike Pence haircut. Uh, but you're putting a lot of spray in that thing for one of these things. And I'm not a guy that's going to sit here and pretend there's no hairspray in here. Okay, I, I got there's a lot. I could lose my hand if I touch this thing. That's it. I do the rest of the thing like this. Um, but I really thought that the the fly was actually just going to be stuck in the hairspray. So thankfully, the fly did fly away. So that that could have been a disaster. Of course, what's really unfortunate about the fly incident is that's going to overshadow what was happening at that moment where they started getting into some interesting stuff about race. And obviously, there's uh, there's a whole bunch of contention over there. Um, that's where, um, Kamala then repeated the lie, the absolute lie. It is a lie people, this very fine people thing that they keep saying Trump said after Charlottesville. And he did say there were very fine people right after saying that he absolutely condemns the white nationalists and the neo-Nazis. He was saying there's very fine people on both sides, meaning you take them out and condemn them but the, the argument of whether monuments and statues should stand, in this case, they were talking about Robert E. Lee, that there are fine people on both sides. And of course, that is the truth. Now the media, please people, find me someone at CNN. Hey, Jake Tapper, this one goes out to you because you're the only one there with even the slightest shred of dignity at this point. Uh, why am I, I'm not a journalist. I am some guy with some whiskey sitting in my office, and for some reason, I have to tell more truth than you people are able to. You've destroyed your entire industry by your lies and your lies of omission. So Jake Tapper, if you're watching this, or Wolf Blitzer, or Don Lemon, or any of you people, Chris Cuomo, you angry, steroided freak, if, could, could any of you please just play the freaking clip and just debunk the lie. Because actually, what you're doing is not only are you tearing down your own industry of journalism, you're actually helping getting Trump elected. Because the more and more people that see that the very, the very premise of the Biden campaign, according to Joe Biden, the night he decided to get involved in the campaign was during Charlottesville because Donald Trump, uh, you know, he said the thing about very fine people, and that's when Biden decided to get involved it's a lie. So the, the premise of the campaign is a lie. They all know it's a lie. What, that woman, Susan Page, who's the, the, the moderator tonight, who, by the way, is in the midst of writing a biography on uh, Nancy Pelosi. So you, you wonder what, what uh, side of the aisle is she on, right? And then, by the way, the next moderator at the next presidential debate is a former Biden intern. I mean, you can't make this crap up. It's all fixed. You get it? you're destroying your own industry, journalists, and the more that you destroy it, not only are you destroying ultimately your livelihood because you're all gonna lose your jobs uh, because no one's gonna watch, everyone's gonna tune out of your nonsensical bullshit, but but even bigger than that, you're getting Donald Trump elected because the average person is finally, for at least as long as the rest of us can be on Twitter and everywhere else, the average person is able to see the truth. So Kamala knows, so really, I, I wanna focus on this because think about this. Kamala knows and Joe Biden knows that they can go up there and they can flat out lie about something massive. This isn't a lie about, oh, tax cuts, this, and, and Kamala lied about the, the 400,000 and the tax cuts and whatever, and, they, and you can say, and, and she also lied about the fracking. I mean, there's a million videos of Biden saying, no new fracking, we're getting rid of fracking, we're getting rid of fossil fuels. Okay, forget those lies. There's something about this particular lie because it's about race that that seems particularly pernicious. It seems particularly invasive into the system. And why won't anyone track it? Why won't anyone dare tell the truth? And I think you know the answer because these people are not journalists, they're activists and in most cases they're democratic activists. But think of the balls, think of the balls it takes for Biden to go up there and lie, right? And then for Kamala to go up there and lie and Susan Page, Do you not know it's a lie? Like, do you not know? And if you do not know, you are not qualified to moderate a debate. Oh, you people, you could really drive someone to drink. You know that, you awful humans. It's really, it's just just incredibly annoying. All right. Um, There was an interesting clip right up front where uh, they're both, the question in effect was uh, Pence, you know, your guy is fat and 74 and had corona. And, uh, you know, uh, Kamala, your guy's 77, will be 78 by January. And she didn't say dementia, but like we all know, that's like the subtext of the thing. And Pence just refused to answer the question, which at that point was fine because Kamala had, had been running all over him. Um, but OK, so let's just let me back up for a second. We're getting a little ahead of myself. The, the basic, if you want to do the who won thing, Pence won period. That, that, I don't think that's a partisan thing. Um, I think even for someone like me that I, as I always describe myself as begrudgingly pro-choice um, and, and the abortion thing is so difficult to talk about and no one's really honest. And, you know, the right makes it seem like the left hates babies and the left makes it seem like the right hates women. And these are nonsensical way of looking at these things. But I actually thought that Pence's answer when he basically like flat out, you know, said, you know, I'm very proud to be pro-life. That's a slight, um, uh, you know, slight deviation of what he actually said. I actually thought the the candor and clarity of it was kind of nice. Politicians don't clearly say what they were, whatever they're going to say. For example, when Kamala was talking about packing the courts, so why don't why don't we jump to that one? This is clip three. This is Kamala. Uh, well, this is actually Pence calling out Kamala uh, on whether she would pack the courts. Here. I
1: think the American people really deserve an answer, Senator Harris. Are you and Joe Biden going to pack the court? If Judge Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed, I mean, there have been 29 vacancies on the Supreme Court during presidential election years from George Washington to Barack Obama. Presidents have nominated in all 29 cases. But your party is actually openly advocating adding seats to the Supreme Court, which has had nine seats for 150 years. If you don't get your way, this is a classic case of if you can't win by the rules, you're going to change the rules. Now, you've refused to answer the question. Joe Biden has refused to answer the question. So I think the American people would really like to know if Judge Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed to the Supreme Court of the United States. Are you and Joe Biden, if somehow you win this election, going to pack the Supreme Court to get your way?
2: I'm so glad we went through a little history lesson. Let's do that a little more. In 1864, well, I'd like you to answer the question. Now, Mr. Yes, Vice sure. President, I'm speaking. Yeah, I'm fast. speaking. Okay. In 1864, one of the, I think, political heroes, certainly of the president, I, I assume, if you also, Mr. Vice President, is Abraham.
0: Yeah, I think we got our answer there. Obviously, they're going to do everything they can to pack the courts. They're already talking about changing the Electoral College. They want to. There is no norm that we have that these people won't want to change. That is not being alarmist and crazy. This is what the base wants. And and what is driving this is that what sits underneath what seems perhaps like a moderate Biden-Harris ticket is a crazed radical base that does not like America, period. Thus is the irony of the Biden campaign. uh, Kamala, the whole, the whole democratic side of this thing at the moment basically is saying America is evil, America is racist, we're systemically racist, we're awful, capitalism is terrible, blah, 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 blah. And also the guy who's going to fix it has been around for 47 years doing this stuff. He, he was busy, you know, he had stuff to do, smelling little girl's hair, things like that. Now he's gonna get to it. He's gonna get to the hard work. And and of course it's just nonsense. So it's like the, the very premise, it's not just that they launched the campaign on a lie, the, the very fine people, but the idea that these are the people uh, that are gonna fix this thing, it's just such absolute nonsense. So um, of course they're gonna pack the courts. They're lying, she's lying, they're intentionally being dishonest. Biden's answer on it was also ridiculous because he basically was like, I can't comment on it because uh, we're in the middle of an election. I'm pretty sure that's when you're supposed to comment on what your opinions are as to when you're going to potentially be president. I think that's what this whole thing's about. Good lord! Um, but okay, so so let's back up for a second. You got Pence, and he's there, and you know, basically, sure he had the fly in the hair. Also, he's got something going on with his, uh, I think it's his left eye, a little bloodshot or something. I don't know what was going on there, but basically, he sat in the chair. I think he was presidential, he wasn't rude. By the way, we had one of my guys while we were watching timing, because uh, Susan Page kept saying two minutes, two minutes uninterrupted, two minutes uninterrupted. Several times, at least five times, Pence was interrupted by Susan Page before two minutes, and Kamala was not interrupted after two minutes. You can check, I mean, we had an iPhone with a clock, we started checking it, so that, that just is what it is, I'm just putting it out there. So anyway, Pence, I thought, Issues aside for a moment, I thought he did a perfectly fine job, which was all that he had to do. He just sort of had to sit there and say, I can kind of stabilize this thing. That's what I've been here for. And, and he offered Trump actually a lot of nice praise. And I think there were moments where maybe he didn't even have to go that far, uh, but he did. Kamala, man, this is a deeply, deeply unlikable person. I mean, her, her, the, the smiles and the fake laughs and i'm talking i'm t- i'm talking you're interrupting me like she's just awful like who would want to be around a person like that she's not you can tell she's just like a power hungry maniac and the and the clip that i keep talking about from the from the debates this this thing where they were asking Biden about executive actions on guns. And he says it has to be constitutional. And she laughs in his face and says, "Ah, Joe, can't we say yes, we can. It's like, she's telling you who she is. She wants to use the office of the presidency to, to take away one of your fundamental rights, right the right to bear arms, or at least significantly alter it. She laughed in Biden's face when he said we have to do something constitutional. I know, call me old school. I believe in the constitution. I know I believe in the Bill of Rights, free speech, you know, freedom of assembly, that sort of old school, that, that white supremacist stuff, you know? So I, I just I can't imagine anybody. I'm trying, guys. I'm really trying to be to be impartial. Like obviously, I have my opinions on this. Obviously, right? Like it just goes without saying. Um, but I can't imagine anyone watching that and thinking, boy, that Kamala Harris seems like a nice person. That seems like the type of person I'd like to have over for dinner. Her, her smugness and, and that condescending attitude. And it's like the way she would turn and be so dismissive to Pence, where it's like he didn't do that at all. You know, like he didn't do it at all. The, the asymmetry there, I just think, was obvious. Let, let's show a clip, actually, of one of the times when she barked back at him. This is clip two. Let's throw to that.
2: The president wanted people to remain calm. Well, let's go so I No, but Susan, I, this is important. Susan, I, I, and I, I, I want to add, Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. I have to I'm speaking. Yeah, you so can I, have 15 I, I more wanna, seconds and then we'll give the vice president a chance you. to speak. So respond. I want to ask the American people, how calm were you when you were panicked about where you're going to get your next roll of toilet paper?
0: Man, I do not like her. I do not like her and let me be very clear. Let me be very clear for the Uh, Twitter trolls and the loser YouTubers who clip everything I say and remove words and then try to make things out to be not what they are. Uh, It has nothing to do with her being a woman. It has nothing to do with her being black. There's also this question, a lot of people are saying she's not even black because I guess her father is Indian and her mother is Jamaican. And a lot of Jamaicans don't consider themselves black per se, they just consider themselves Jamaican. Okay, I'm not even gonna get into the minutiae of that, um, but this has nothing to do with the complexion of her skin, or her boobs, or anything else. She's just deeply unlikable. She comes off as extremely entitled. Try to imagine a man behaving that way. How would you feel about it? Pretty much the same way, and that's that's the point. So, so look, if we're choosing winners and losers here, as I said with the, with the regular debate, uh, the, the presidential debate, winners and losers, it's like, okay, it's whatever that middle group is, that undecided group of people. And did you move anyone anyway? Well, the VP debates, I don't think there's any numbers on this, really. I'd love to see some stats on this in the history of presidential elections. has Has the VP choice ever made a real movement one way or another? And I don't know that there's any any evidence of that. Whoa, lost my lost my cap and my pen there. Um, I, I don't I just don't know that there's any evidence of that. Um, you may remember there are times when it's like very clear that one vice presidential candidate has demolished another one. This will be a little bit of an older reference for you, YouTube kids out there. But uh, back in, in 88, I was 12 years old and I was just getting into politics. And and what got me into politics actually was I was in seventh or eighth grade, and I think it was eighth grade, and we were doing a mock election. And I was on the campaign staff for Michael Dukakis. He was the Democrat. He was the liberal. He was the lefty. And he was running against George H.W. Bush. And he was, you know, this is after Reagan, and he's a conservative, and he likes war and money and hates poor people, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Dukakis's VP was a guy by the name of Lloyd Benson, who was an older guy, although by these standards now old. Old as the new young, I suppose. Uh, but he had Lloyd Benson as his VP. And of course, George H.W. Bush had uh, Dan Quayle. And um, most of you remember Dan Quayle probably because he was sort of just like the brunt of every joke, that he was just like some kind of like idiot basically. Um, and there was a, a line in the debate where Dan Quayle said something about Jack Kennedy and Lloyd Benson looked at him and turned and said, I knew Jack Kennedy and you, sir, are no Jack Kennedy. You know, everyone went crazy with it. And my point of all of this is that Lloyd Benson, in effect, demolished Dan Quayle in that debate. Nobody debated that. It was just known to everybody. And Dukakis still lost the election. So the, the VP debate doesn't really move one way or another. But as I said this morning, it is a little bit different these days because of the age of both of the candidates. And and even though Trump you know, went in on, what was it, Friday or Thursday evening for Corona and he was out by, by Sunday night or whatever, it's like, or, or Monday morning, whatever it is. Um, look, the guy had Corona, he's 74, he eats a lot of, like overweight. Joe Biden's 77 and, and probably has dementia. So like, there is a little bit more to think about with the VPs Uh, this time around than before. And that's why it was actually kind of funny that neither one of them answered that question right up front. As for the rest of the, the fireworks, I mean, look, the race stuff, either you see it or you don't at this point. Like, either you see the lies of the media and how they're trying to constantly tell you that these protests are peaceful And all of these things, even as we watch stores get burned down and people be assaulted and people that are trying to eat at restaurants be attacked and cars be stopped in streets, we're supposed to not see what we see. So if you were just a mainstream media viewer, I suppose you would think that these are mostly peaceful things or that somehow the evil right, the white supremacists are are burning these things down. I, I don't know what you'd think at this point. I, I can't even imagine where your brain is at, actually, at this point, if you think that the, the threat of violence on the streets right now is, is coming from the right wing, okay? It's coming from Antifa. It's coming from Black Lives Matter. We know it. It's more and more and more and more. Um, you know, I mentioned, like, two weeks ago that in West Hollywood, where I used to live, which is the gayest place on earth, they got, a, they got rainbow crosswalks, it's gayer than Oz, okay? This is a pretty freaking gay place. Um, you would think that it would be a, a land of bastion of, of tolerance and diversity and peace. Well, it looks like a war zone over there because everything's boarded up and has been boarded up for a long time now. And they have signs that say black lives matter on them and we are for tolerance and other meaningless slogans, hashtag that. And the reason they have it is not because they believe these are peaceful movements. It's because they don't want their buildings destroyed. It, it, it's a mafia racket, people. That's what it is. But but I think the race conversation has devolved into such a stupid thing that we're, we're talking about two totally different things. And, and I think you know my feelings on this. All a society can do, all a just society can do, it can't promise that we're going to have equity of outcomes that everybody regardless of their race and gender and sexuality and everything else will be equal on the other side meaning they will have made the same thing as their life as somebody else right like life takes hard work like ta- life takes a little bit of luck life takes networking life takes making connections life takes all of the things like all of life takes ha- getting a good education life takes coming from a good family all of those things that is what hopefully you can piece together something, right? You can piece together some sort of coherent ball that you can hold as you go ahead in life and and maybe make something successful of yourself. And that's regardless or irregardless, as they say online, uh, of your skin color or race or anything else. The idea that the system can come in and say, ah, okay, you're this color, you should get more stuff. As I always say, it kind of sounds right, and then you have to think about it, and then go, well, wait a minute, that means we have to punish somebody else. And you know, I'm a man of my word, because we hired somebody this week, and I'm not gonna tell you their age, or their sexuality, or their gender, or whether they had a limp or a lazy eye, but I assure you none of those factors came into play. It was about can they do the job. And as I said in the direct message this morning, it's like, in the old days, if you ignored um, gender and sexuality and all of those things, then then that was good, right? That was good if you just ignored it. And now if you ignored it, somehow that is bigotry. That's how backwards this idiotic set of ideas that we're being uh, inundated with is, whiskey time. There's something about whiskey for a debate that seems right to me. As you guys know, I'm more of a red wine guy usually but there's something about whiskey while watching politics. And then, oh, is this what happens? You start drinking whiskey and watching politics, next thing you're smoking a cigar, you're sitting on a leather chair in front of a fireplace. I don't know if I want to fully go that route, but I could see why something happens there. I'm not exactly sure what that is, but I could see why something happens. Um, let's through, I think we have one other clip here. Oh, this was, uh, let's go to clip one for a sec. Uh, This was uh, Kamala blaming Trump on uh, some of the corona stuff, so let's throw to that.
2: Whatever the vice president is claiming the administration has done, clearly it hasn't worked. When you're looking at over 210,000 dead bodies in our country, American lives that have been lost, families that are grieving that loss. And you know, the vice president is the head of the task force and knew on January 28th, how serious this was, and then thanks to Bob Woodward, we learned that they knew about it. And then when that was exposed, the vice president said, when asked, "Well, why didn't you all tell anybody?" He said, "Because the president wanted people to remain calm." Well, let's get so up. No, but Susan, I, this is important, Susan, I, and I, I, I want to add, in the, here. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. I have. To I'm weigh speaking. In.
1: You can so have 15 I, I wanna, more seconds, and then we'll give the Vice President a chance you. to So respond.
2: I want to ask the American people, how calm were you when you were panicked about where you're going to get your next roll of toilet paper? How calm were you when your kids were sent home from school and you didn't know when they could go back? How calm thank were you, you, thank you when you, your children Harris. couldn't see your parents because you were afraid they could
1: kill them? Let's give Vice President Pence a chance to respond. Vice what President, is, you have one minute to respond. You know, there's not a day gone by that I haven't thought of every American family that's lost a loved.
0: All right, so when we're talking about the corona thing, it's very hard to parse all this out because you'd need to be sitting there with the exact calendar of who said what, on what day. And we do know that the day on January 28th, this is a fact, fact check me, fact checkers. On January 28th, when Trump did the China ban, Joe Biden said, he either said it was xenophobic or racist. I think he said it was xenophobic. CNN actually fact checked him and they said that it was partly true or partly false, partly true, partly false, I suppose that's the same thing, because uh, he never directly said why Trump was being xenophobic, but he happened to call uh, Trump xenophobic that very day. So look, we can get into all the who would have done what, and there were debates, I mean, here's the thing, there were democratic debates after January 28th that nobody brought up coronavirus, right? That nobody brought up COVID. So the idea that everyone was talking about this and everyone knew this thing was gonna happen, there were some people, talking about it, and there were little whispers of it, right, um, I, you know, I love hearing people say all the time, oh, see, Fox News tricked their viewers into thinking this thing wasn't real. Greg Gutfeld was on The Five talking about it in late January, okay, um, that, that is a fact. And there were other people doing the same thing. Um, so look, I, I think the, the better way to frame a conversation about a coronavirus response is, I think there's, certain, there's a certain type of people that we think that we can build some sort of perfect system. And within that perfect system, nothing is gonna get in, nothing is gonna get out. The the government will somehow protect you from all things. And and that it in and of itself can be perfect. And that when they get a warning about everything that they automatically will do everything they can. Now, of course, the irony of this is Kamala's implication there is, oh, Trump got the warning in January and didn't do anything. Now, if he had gotten a warning in January and started to do something, started to do a national lockdown or something like that, what do you think they would have been saying about Trump, about the man they call Hitler, if Hitler started forcing a national lockdown? Do you think they might have said, that's not good, Hitler? I'm pretty sure that's what they would have said. And that's that's why the, the hindsight on this thing, and, and this is where the playing teams thing comes in so, so uh, obviously. It's like, look, if Obama was president and did the exact same stuff as Trump, the media would be telling you that everything happening right now is a right-wing conspiracy and it's those crazy conservatives who have caused all of the problems and they didn't give the power to the president to do the stuff that he needed to do and that's why 200,000 people are dead and that's what the media would be cheering on it's just it just is so i don't think you can build a perfect system and let me be very clear about this i am not defending every decision that trump made and i don't think any i don't even think anyone in his administration really would defend every single decision he made along the way there is going to be mistakes and this thing about this thing about that he hid when he knew that it was gonna be bad, that he hid some information. First off, he's actually been quite honest about that, that he has to be a cheerleader for the country and he didn't want people to panic and all of those things. I think there's a perfectly fine argument within that. You don't want, you don't want a president that is gonna be, get some information and be like, holy shit, we're all gonna die. Like You don't want that, right? So like he was trying to like keep the wheels on the car as we're potentially going off a cliff, right? Trying to make sure that the brakes don't blow out. So I think there's something there, but this is one of those things. It's like if the Democrats, if Obama did the same exact thing, he would be a hero. Trump did it this way, he's evil. Again, I would throw most of this stuff back to the states and let them figure out what to do and even right now, you know, it's like we've got we've got Cuomo uh, in New York and he's shutting down synagogues again. And, uh, and his ding dong brother in, uh, on CNN who faked having, well, I don't know if he faked having COVID, but he claimed he was in a basement for weeks because of COVID and then was caught outside his Hamptons house, getting into a fight with a bicyclist. And then they staged him coming out of his basement on CNN with a sweat. Cause he was, you know, really cause COVID makes you sweat. Um, anyway, the the media is just terrible. I'd rather have a debate about the media. Could we just talk about the media? That was Pence did have a nice moment where he just really hit the media because we just simply can't trust these people. The fact that you people have to watch me to pilfer out a little truth out of this thing tells you something is deeply, deeply wrong. All right, people, I'm gonna take another swig. We've got another debate in. Uh, I think it's about ten days from now. Or is it is it the fifteenth? Do you know the date off the top of your head? Next Next Thursday, so today's Wednesday, so that's eight days we got a debate. In eight days, we will be back live for that. I'll be back live tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. for the direct message. We'll probably have some debate follow up and, and some other stuff. I'm really digging these direct messages and, and clearly by the numbers, you guys are digging them too. So I appreciate that. Uh, I think there are good things happening. And by the way, I wanna just, I'll leave you with something, something positive for the end of the evening. We will get through this. I know it feels crazy. I know it feels like your neighbor hates you and your cousin hates you and everyone's going bananas. And and a lot of that's true to a certain degree. Um, But it's also partly just the media. It's partly just social media and how we all behave on all of those things. But I think we will get through this. There have been worse things that America has been through, right? We've been through civil wars. We've been through a war of independence. We've been in, in two world wars. Um, You know, we've we've been to Vietnam. We've had mass civil rights movements. We've done like a lot of stuff has happened in the 250 incredible years of the United States. And we will get through this slog. What we're in right now is the end of one phase. We're in the end of the baby boomer phase of this thing. And there is a new world coming on the other side. And I think if you're a responsible person with your head on straight, what your job is, is to say, okay, what was good out of that world? Let's conserve that. And what is new in the new world that we should be looking to in the distance? And that's also what we should be going to. And if we can blend those two things correctly, we can have a, uh, a functional, decent, free uh, world that's full of equality in the truest sense. And if I'm not mistaken, there's a guy who wrote a New York Times bestselling book that came out last April, that's writing a book about the very thing that he was just talking about on this very live stream. Who could that possibly be? Perhaps coming out in the spring of 2022. There's a little info for you. All right, guys, I gotta go. I'm on with Glenn Beck and the Blaze people in uh, about five minutes. I'll see you there. Thanks.